Hey, everybody. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. How are you doing out there today? I hope you are all well. And you know what we're going to do today? We're going to talk about something really fun and something really different from what we've been talking about, that C word, COVID. We're going to hit on it, of course, because we have to. But guess what? We are talking cocktails and everything included in cocktails and starting a new business. So here you go. And you know, all all of you know, I love my cocktails. So I brought in the experts here today. I have with me today, Herb and Alchemy. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Great. Okay. Nicole Knighton. And okay, here we go. Christopher Yazinski. Correct. He said I was the first person in Texas to say this correctly. <laughs> go Nailed Texans, it. right? <laughs> You're Pennsylvania, right? Correct. Okay, I did it. Yay. Okay. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And I am so excited to do this because it's something fun. And it's always this year, 2020, being that year that we want to disappear. Yes. You started your business in 2020. So tell me how you started this business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we started in 2020, but this idea actually came about back in 2017. Chris and I worked together. uh, We both worked for Amazon and we kind of started having these side conversations about our passion for mixology and all things cocktails and tequila. Um, And we vowed that one day we wanted to start a business. And at the time we meant it. And we, you know, over the next couple months, we took a lot of intentional steps towards it Um, and through a bunch of bumps in the road and some failed, uh, property leases, um, we eventually settled on a mobile business. And so in 2020, we started January 1st with really bright hopes. Um, And then of course, you know, some things happened with COVID, but we feel incredibly blessed that, you know, we didn't start out a business with, you know, big overhead and a big property. Um, Having a mobile business and having that kind of bump in the road actually helped position us really well to deal with COVID and to be able to see some growth in the midst of COVID. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you were looking at actually doing a brick and mortar facility. Is that right? Do I call that a bar or what what would you call cocktail bar? A cocktail bar. Okay. So were you searching because you both are in the DFW area? Mm -hmm. Am I correct? That's correct. Capel and Halton City. Right here. Oh my goodness. You're just down the street. So searching during 2020 for or leasing or prior? Did you say that? I'm sorry. Uh, 2019 is when, uh, in early 2019, we took some very deliberate steps and got extremely close to signing uh, two leases. Oh, gosh. And it just, it never felt right. There was always something we couldn't wrap our heads around. Um, and we felt limited by how the magnitude of the lease. And we felt like we're going to have to compromise some of the things we want to do um, in terms of how we serve our customers if we sign this lease. So we paused. And at the time, it felt heartbreaking. You know, it felt like this so isn't going to happen. Right? Um, but in August of 2019, that's sort of when we had this pivot idea. I had made a joke. Hey, why don't we just get a bus and drive around delivering cocktails? <laughs> and God. within a couple of weeks, you know, we found this torn down uh, vintage camper. Uh, it's a 1978. Keep me honest here if that's not right. I think it's 50s. Maybe it's you're 50. kidding me. I'll check the title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's old. Exactly. You own it, right? Yeah, yeah. we own it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Chris did a lot of the repair with my husband and I was sort of the design, um, you know, vision behind it. And we, we built it out. I mean, it wasn't meant to be a bar. It had a bed in it and a table. And now it's a functional mobile bar with a nice machine and a fridge and a service window and It's been so fun, uh, but freeing to be able to expand at our own pace and have the standards that I wanted without the compromise. I'm not the kind of person who likes to compromise. Uh Oh, right. And we have not done that with the quality of our service or the things that we held as tenants. Well, and you're on your website. It's urbanalchemy.com. Is that correct? Urban Alchemy Bar. Okay. Urban Alchemy urbanalchemybar.com. Go there and take a peek. The trailer is adorable. Thank you. It is Thank so you. cute. I mean, okay, now this is my ignorance. Did it, it looks like a once upon a time Airstream when you, it, did they even have Airstream back there? I'm sorry, Airstream. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when that started, but it's so cute. I mean, that, where would, did you find that? It came from Arizona. So, uh, it was like maybe the week after Christmas, my husband had worked a long work week and then got in the car and drove to Arizona and towed it back in Chris's truck. We were both traveling for work. We couldn't help. You're kidding. He did it in like two days and, uh, 
you know, we had somebody put in the service window in Arizona. But other than that, you know, Chris, my husband, and a little bit on my own, we did all the sanding and painting and demo. And so you're resourceful is what you are basically, right? So tell me this. So you are a cocktail trailer yes. and you do events, weddings, events, um, showers, corporate events, I'm, I'm sure as well, yes. right? So doing this and not doing the brick and mortar, have you, you obviously have a lease if you're brick and mortar. So you have a trailer that's paid for. Mm-hmm. And now your recipe development, is that you too? Is that you, Chris? Or who does the recipe development for the cocktails? Both, I would say predominantly Nicole. Right. Um, I just travel a lot, but uh, we both partner on it, both approve the drinks. Right. Um, But we do both do some of the R&D. Yeah. So you, um, Nicole, you were in the food and beverage industry, and I'm a chef, so I get it. And I get never wanting, I didn't want a restaurant, thank goodness, at this point, you know, with the razor thin margins. But, um, But you guys doing this and you in college, Chris, making wine and craft beer, did you, did you do it out of the bathtub or no? <laughs> Soaking the grapes in the bathtub. No, I had the full. I had the full setup. Uh, I used uh, half kegs. Right. Um, cut them down, turn them in the boiling pots and uh, fermenters, and uh, brew at my so- parents' house. <laughs> About to say, did you do it in the dorm? You, you went. To, where did you go to college? Penn State. Penn State. Oh, I was about to say, was it a dorm project or your parents' house? Right. Parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> How great! I bet they're proud. So, um, the recipe development—it's just going through, and you do both have a passion for mixology. Right. That's what I read. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love this. So how many, I saw on your website, your, um, get it through all this vodka, whiskey, gin, rum, and tequila. Mm -hmm. And then you have about five to 10 recipes per, per spirit. Yeah. We we wanted to give potential customers an idea of what they could have at their events, but we're not locked into those. And we've actually had a lot of fun creating new cocktails. When we, you know, start working with a client, we ask, what is your vision? What colors, what scheme, what food? And we, we make it custom to their taste. Um, you'll see, I brought some mini bottles in today. First thing I'll do is make some of those and, and send them to our customers or deliver them and say, Taste this, tell me what you like, what you don't like. So it's 100% customizable. And again, that's why I'm so glad that we have this smaller businesses that allows us to do things like that and make it perfectly custom to whatever our customer's looking for. Sometimes they don't even know that they like gin. Like, oh, I don't think I like gin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, this goes well with your vision. Just try it and tell me what you like and don't like. Right. Like, oh, I actually like gin. Who knew? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I think the surprising part has been too, how much people come looking for us to support an event and then we kind of help tailor what they don't know they want. Right. I love that. I love that because I would be the person, well, not my husband would be the person that would not try the gin, Mm. but my friend loves French 75s. Yes. Oh, it's a champagne and gin and what else is in it? Uh, There's going to be some lemon, some simple syrup. There it is. She loves it. That's for you, Taryn. Okay. So we're going to, yeah, we'll have to try that. So um, when you're, when you're working on the recipe development, yes, you have these recipes and now you're moving into bottling your own syrups. And I, I do want to hear how that came into fruition. But when you're doing that, you have to take in, in consideration what your ingredients are, right? On your on your recipes. So I mean and I did ask you, or do y'all make your own vodka or whatever? I mean, that's that's some pitching high, but, but <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. Not, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So tell me about your vision for your ingredients that you're going to bottle. Yeah. So I'm all about cocktails and I would have, you know, three or four a day if, if it was good for my health. Right. And so I always think about, yeah, (laughs) there's some debate on that. Um, mostly on my doctor's end, but uh, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I always think about when I look at a bottle of, you know, say a mixer, I always look at the ingredients and there's fructose corn syrup, there's different colors and dyes. And I think about everything that they add is really taking away from the integrity of this drink and taking away from the way that this should taste. And so when I've made my syrups, even for our events, I make all of the syrups we do together in my kitchen. We make 
the most incredible messes. Oh, I'm um, sure. I've got Blackberry on the ceiling of my kitchen. My husband's <laughs> it's a good look. Yeah. Um, but I, I look for organic. So all of the fruits that we use in our syrups or in garnishes are organic. Um, I grow many of my own herbs. Um, you won't find any artificial sugars, colorings, preservatives, which means that it's, you know, less shelf stable. It's not going to last as long, but it's the real deal. Um, and in this particular syrup I brought you today, it's our blackberry syrup. Mm. I've recently changed the formula after, uh, days in the kitchen and lots of messes. It's now honey, maple syrup, um, and date sugar based. Wow. So it's like more of a date paste. Um, so there's no no white sugar in it, um, and I think that this is a really good product. I'm pretty proud of this bottle. Um, so I'm looking for ways to actively bring this uh, to market. We're going to start small, some local farmers markets, get some feedback. I'm all about customer feedback. I want to know what our customers want. I also want to anticipate what they're going to want six months from now and start working on that. And so um, I think a lot of our, our career with Amazon has taught us to think about what customers are going to want in the future. And it might necessarily be easier, profitable now, but how can we work to make it that way so that we can bring this to them? Right. So that's that's kind of the story behind the syrups. That's one. We've got a couple others that we're working on. One very interesting and fun syrup. I'm not quite ready that, I'm not quite sure people are ready for it, but we like it. Wow. I'd agree. Okay. All <laughs> it's right. worth it though. Okay. All right. It's worth it. Definitely. So the blackberry, I love and adore blackberries. When I was a um, small child, uh, growing up in a small town and we had blackberries on the fence all around the house mm. the fence so i would go and pick the blackberries and eat them well eat and eat and eat and you know what happens mm -hmm. when you eat blackberries your tongue and your mouth is 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 a dark dark beautiful purple and my mom would say did you eat back black all those blackberries no ma'am <laughs> You little liar. Okay. So I get in trouble, but because I was inevitably going to get sick from eating sure. quite a few, you know, three or four pints of blackberries. So that I have such a great passion for blackberries. This looks fabulous. If you're on YouTube, you can certainly see this and we're going to um, post this on our Instagram as well. But when you are creating recipes, because I've done this my entire career, Where's your inspiration coming from? You like blackberries, obviously. Love blackberries. Okay. Where is your inspiration from using beet cane sugar or where are you getting this? Yeah. Research. Research. Um, looking at foods that I trust and I eat and looking at how they're sweetened. Um, it might not necessarily be a, a drink, but it could be a food and saying, oh, date syrups. Then I bought like four or five different date syrups and I tried making syrups with them. Um I looked at honey, different kinds of honey. So really just looking at foods I trust, walking the aisles of Whole Foods, you can't underestimate just walking around and reading the back of labels. And then a lot of trial and error. My husband will tell you, we've got pots of blackberry syrup. I mean, even last night I made about three or four because I was trying to add a new ingredient. To get it. And it takes a lot. It's expensive, right? I'm using good ingredients. It's a lot of time. And that's another reason why I'm just so glad that we started small is it allows us to perfect things and have the integrity with the ingredients we want and make a mess. I threw out an entire pot of this other syrup I made last week. I'm like, you know what? I can, you know, I have that freedom right now. And when I get it right, it's going to be that much better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. Similar culinary experience, uh, just different foods, trying like want to pull those flavors into a, like a hearty cocktail with a good uh, viscosity. Um, similar to when I was brewing beer as well, try to get to the source of the ingredient to get the natural flavor um, and not have it like weighted down or too thin of a, a drink um, with artificial flavors in it. Right. And I love the word flavor profile because flavor profiling is all about recipe development. And I love that. And again, doing that, um, in my career developing recipes and I get to do that for myself now instead of for other companies and branding other companies. It's exciting because travel, you, Chris, you're saying you, you travel quite a bit. So how many cocktail menus have you looked at in your career? Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And just too many. So I have so much to talk about. So I, um, love trying different cocktails, Sure, but it's very difficult when you go, and right now the restaurant industry is struggling so much, um, the, the bar, obviously bar, and, and when I go to a bar, it's in a restaurant, but they're struggling so much and they're hiring um, some places, not all, of course. Sure. You know, I asked a person the other day, so how long have you been bartending? Just started this week. Oh dear, you're going to make this X, Y, Z for me. It's to me, it's a science, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's in its measurements and it, you, you, you can put too much in. 
How many margaritas have you had with way too much lime juice, sure. right? It's all about balance and that's precision. It is. It is. Okay. I'm going over and I'm going to go back to how you started and made your, created your name, but what is urban alchemy? So the definition of alchemy, I went to Webster, medieval forerunner of chemistry based on the supposed transformation of matter. It was concerned particularly with attempts to convert base metals into gold or to find a universal elixir. So I picked a few words out of that would work perfectly. There was another one, but that gold and elixir and chemistry kept coming up on all of the different, you know, it used to be just Webster was the only one in town. So how did you two come up with this wonderful name? I'll let you start with that. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) First of all, The Alchemist is one of my favorite books. And so um, it's a lot about self-discovery and a journey. And when we first set apart, you know, on this journey to, you know, open a restaurant, uh, Chris and I did this exercise that I would recommend for anybody who's looking to partner with someone. We each created a unique brochure of what we wanted our restaurant to be and what we wanted it to embody and food versus alcohol and what that looked like. And we did it blind. I made one and he made one. And when we came together, we had this moment, you could have put, merged them, overlaid them, they were spot on. And we had only had basic discussions. And so that was that moment where we knew that we were lockstep in what we wanted. But the thing that both of us were most excited about was uh, we wanted herbs all around the restaurant. We wanted to have window boxes and we wanted to be able to run from the bar and go pick mint if we ran out. We wanted this kind of ethereal and natural environment where you just see a lot of movement and greenery. So that's where the herb came from. We both grow herbs in our backyard. Those, uh, the mint I brought here today is from my, my front yard, actually. It just kind of expanded into a front yard. Because uh, that'll take over. That mint will take over oh, that and rosemary. <laughs> yes, it's right. beautiful. Um, and so that's where herb came from. But alchemy really came from when we were struggling to find a location. We, were, we had been going back and forth for a few months. And I had gone to a hot yoga class. I was really frustrated with our business. I'm in the middle of hot yoga, and it came to me. Herb and alchemy. Alchemy is, you know... Uh, fire and heat and taking things that are ordinary and over time and pressure and intensity, you get this beautiful, you know, gold, right? Um, And I'm like, that really summarizes this experience for us. So I texted him as soon as I got out of hot yoga, I was like, hey, herb and alchemy. Um, And a lot of our friends, we kind of tested the name. They're like, no, it sounds like urban alchemy. Like, People will get it. Right. We, we will put herbs and- we'll But it's herb- not. Yeah, it's yeah. not. And uh, <laughs> words. I right. remember when we filed our LLC and got our um, our website domain, people were like, are you sure that's the name? And I'm like, it's not up for discussion. We're aligned. It's We're, we're doing it. That's so great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you came to that right away. So you guys are friends from work and you both currently, and obviously have been working for Amazon yes. for many years. Yep. Yes. Okay. So- You guys met, and I was going to read, during one particular work meeting, Chris and Nicole vowed via side chat, whispering, to one day open a craft cocktail bar. And that next year, Nicole and Chris took deliberate steps to deepen their knowledge of mixology, engage in the community, and and then your perfect location, which you have found your perfect location. So that's how it started. And so you're both both work for Amazon. So tell me your careers in Amazon, if you don't mind, because I think there has to be a connection with all this, right? Other than the frustrated work meeting. So what do you do for Amazon? Uh, Currently a launch manager, so opening new FCs around the country um, with our capacity growth. Right. And Amazon's are doing fine right now, right? Very well. Oh my gosh, right? I love Amazon. They come to my house every day. <laughs> Good. And Nicole, um, yes, keep it up, right? Yeah. So I'm a senior manager with Amazon. I actually just transitioned over to the launch space as a senior regional launch manager. But um, up until recently, I was with Amazon Web Services as a senior manager. Oh dear. Okay. So what does launch space mean? So it's all our new opening FCs around the country as we need. FC. Uh, fulfillment centers. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm used to acronyms. Okay. Remember who um, you're talking so yeah, to here. Our fulfillment centers. Um, so as like customer base grows, our prime memberships grow, we need new FCs to strategically get into those locations and markets right. um, to provide them faster and faster, more reliable shipments. So you are traveling all over. Is it United States or worldwide? I'm currently just based in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you do, you go and are these fulfillment centers, I mean, are they already established place it? Are you building from the ground up? Could be anything. Could be both. Could, could be, be ground be... up, could be uh, a retrofit of an existing site that for whatever reason, the lease is available. Right. Um, and we'll work with the construction teams to uh, transform it into what we need for Amazon operations. Okay, great. 
So how did this Amazon, you became friends mm-hmm. through Amazon. How do you think it brought you to what, what we have now, Urban Alchemy? You go first and then I'll add a little bit to that. It's like, I'm not ready. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I, th- I think one, just like our natural ability to work together. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I'll be honest, like one day she popped up in my portal as my new boss. I had no idea who she was. Um, hey. Yeah. <laughs> decided to introduce myself, said it looks like we'll be working together. Um, we had a lot of challenges ahead of ourselves. Um, it seemed like we had a similar mi- mindset of how we work together <laughs> and what we wanted things to be, how we wanted things to be organized, function and standardized. And I think a lot of that just kind of grew. Mm-hmm. Um, I became friends after that and just, you know, decided, Hey, like, what would this look like if we took this outside of our current, uh, careers and kind of expand and, you know, expand our career portfolios, um, right. into a different business market. And both of us naturally found out we both love cocktails <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> through the friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, were you both in Texas or you relocate here? So I was in Seattle at the time. Um, and Chris was my direct report, but we didn't, you know, I had direct reports all over the United States and he lived in, in, Fort Worth. Texas at the time, yeah. yeah Fort Texas. Worth, yeah. Okay. I've been all over as right. well. Right, okay. I've <laughs> yeah. been all over, yeah. right. Yeah, and you've been some some interesting, great Boston, Dallas, Seattle, great food places. So yes. when I was reading your resume, your bios, um, I thought, gosh, you've seen the food world. You've yeah. definitely seen. What did you do in the uh, food and beverage industry before Amazon? Yeah. Yep. So I started as a busser and a host and a oh, food runner. Um, was a server, did a little bartending, uh, did some event planning and events uh, execution. Um, worked my way up. I was like kind of a a duty supervisor for a little bit all through college. Um, and I loved it. Every day was different. Every customer was different. I loved all the new recipes. I was the kind of person that memorized the menu and could tell people exactly what it tasted like. And I was like starting to pair, you should get this cocktail with this food. And these weren't fine dining by any means, but I really liked to, uh, add that to my service. And, um, it was incredibly lucrative thing. You know, I paid for college. I bought my textbooks with, you know, my tips and, um, it was, it was a great five years. I would recommend for anybody, if you ever have the opportunity to work in a restaurant, do so. I'd watch the cooks. I'd ask them, how do you know if a steak is cooked? You know, how do you measure this and that? And they, it was such a great environment to learn about food. That's great. That is great news because, um, I have some friends, of course I went to culinary school and I didn't spend a lot of time in the restaurant. I went straight into media, but, um, friends that the same thing in college started at, you know, either at, at definitely white staff, mm-hmm. make a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yes. And she, she, one of my friends said, I found out when I could sell a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, my tip just went up. Yeah. So it was lucrative and learned so much along the way. So I have a question, a side question for yes. y'all. So when someone says to you, when you were a server, when someone says, so Nicole, do you recommend the swordfish? And you go, if you, I mean, how do you say, because the majority of people say, um, oh, it's fabulous. It's great. But the majority of wait staff say it's great. Yep. Can you be honest? Yeah. So when you ask me, <laughs> you know, where Amazon came into our company and our success at Amazon, we have really core principles and we talk about customer obsession. And I feel like I was groomed to work for Amazon one day because I've always always felt like the customer comes first. And if they're not happy, like what, what did I do here today? You know, it's my job. And so I was always very honest. I was the kind of person that was like, don't order that, you know, order this instead. Here's why, or why do you want swordfish today? Oh, I want something light. I want seafood. Great. Our salmon is better. And so I think we do that a lot, even to this day in our, our personal businesses, a customer will say like, I want vodka soda on my menu. And I'm like, okay, could we do something to dress that up? You know, you might like this instead. And so I think honesty is always the best. Um, and trying to understand what is your customer looking for and then working backwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Because you can make vodka soda very easily. Right. I mean, anybody can. Absolutely. So your menu items, um, Chris, do you have a favorite on, on your menu items of your, of your, um, cocktails? So I'll tell you my favorite go-to is a basic margarita. (laughs) Just your, Is it really? just your lime, tequila, agave nectar, some salt on the rim. Okay. My go-to now, I've recently got into aged tequilas. Um, so I'll make a banana tequila oh, yeah. old-fashioned. Oh, so good. And, really? So I make my own banana syrup. You do? Uh, yep. Condense it down. And uh, 
started uh, drinking aged tequila. Um, just kind of trying different flavors, different brands, see what I like. Um, I like something that still has a smoothness, a little bit of the wood flavors from the barrels it's aged in, um, but nothing with like nothing with too much of like a, a burnt wood taste or anything. Um, and uh, have a love for banana bread. Uh, so I decided to pull them together, uh, make my own banana syrup, um, a little bit of walnut bitters, wow. and uh, just a large ice cube in the center. Now, do you guys uh, make, and I've asked you this, you don't make your own alcohol, uh, vodka, but do you do, for example, do you, do you um, what am I trying to say here? You had a truffle vodka we were talking about yes. before the show. Are you doing that? Or are you purchasing that already done? Purchased already Pur- done. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That's it. So, oh, infused. So, You're asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There infused. it is. So, there it is. Yeah. So I, I would, if I, if we had a flavored drink and it required some sort of flavored um, liquor, like maybe like a martini or something, you're not going to go pouring uh, juices in there and have a heavy concentration. So, um, I made, uh, for example, a Mediterranean mule, um, mm-hmm. and made my own fig vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, so just dice up, uh, your own figs, um, put them in a full bottle of vodka, shake it up periodically, let it sit for 24 hours and, you know, fig flavored vodka. Wow. Uh, it's quite delicious. Oh, um, and, and you don't get, yeah, there's nothing artificial. You don't have extra sugars in there. Um, and it, it takes the color very well from, um, what you're infusing with, with, you know, and, um, there's some vodkas on the market that have, they are a flavored vodka that there's so much sugar mm-hmm. in it. And, um, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I used once upon a time I could, but Same. I can't do that anymore. So if it's natural and it's like, I always look at a vodka, if it's really a, if it looks like a syrup, I think I'm in trouble, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh-uh. so it's a bad time the next day. It's a bad time. It's not a good day <laughs> yeah, at all. No. I know it, not at all, especially yeah. at all. Well, I love that. So you are into infusions. So that's, yeah. that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. I was trying yeah, y'all deal with me here. <laughs> we, I did a, a fun infusion. I did some jalapenos in some mezcal, which is already kind of a smoky tequila. Uh, my favorite drink is a spicy margarita. So you were next. Uh, yeah, is it? Yeah, with the with the jalapenos. Yeah, and, wow. And maybe a little bit of like firewater bitters or something kind of spicy. But um, so we <laughs> we made this tequila with some jalapenos and we used it. It was great. And then we left it for a couple months <laughs> in our bar, and I went to use it just a couple weeks ago. Oh, fire. No. Seriously. <laughs> All bad. No good. Um, so lesson learned, you know, you need, probably need to take the, the jalapenos the, out and, or maybe de-seed them. I, yes. I, just, I just threw it in there. Ribs and seeds yeah, out yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Take yeah. that out. Take the ribs and seeds out for that's the, that's the spice for sure. Yep. So my friend this weekend, so I've been trying so hard to get into the ranch water. I've been trying, trying <sighs> to cut my sugar because I love wine. I love, love wine. Um, I, at point one point was working on my sommelier. Oh. But, you know, once you wait a few years, you've forgotten everything and things change so quickly. Um, But I've been trying really hard. So go to a restaurant. Mm -mm, Doesn't work. So my friend was making it for me this weekend. They came to my home and he made one. He said, I'm making two for you. I'm making one with my silver Patron, Mm -hmm. you know, very, you know, that I like that. And he made one with the Reposado. The Reposado was dark. Actually, uh, it looked like it had been barrel aged and um, couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. The difference... I mean, and I was like, oh my goodness, they're coming on next week. I really have to talk to them. What's going on there? Is it the aging? What is going on with those two tequilas? Yeah, it could be a, to an extent. Depends on the barrel it's aged in, the environment. Um, yeah. Everyone always says this is yeah. so strong. And it's funny with tequila, he and I have to almost get a third party to test our tequila drinks because we love the different flavors of tequila. We, you do. we sip it. Yeah. And so I'm always pulling in my husband like, does this taste too tequila-y? Is this too strong? Um, so it's, it's funny that, you know, you bring that up because he and I can never discern the, yeah. the strength. I mean, th- it was su- it was such a, I'm not saying it was a poor flavor sure. at all. It was not, but it was so um, different, unusual, sure. strong. I have a very difficult time um, with processing, my body processing a heavy red wine. Okay. That's aged California, Cabernet, mm. the, 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 the oak, it gets me or a really? Chardonnay, it gets me. So I was thinking maybe that was the issue. I just shied away very quickly because I knew my Sunday wouldn't be a good one. <laughs> so, um, but I loved 
the the flavor of the I love the you know yeah the silver yeah. so but you guys go y'all go way silver's yeah. nothing right when, when we serve tequila <laughs> drinks we're you yeah. know to our customers we're always using silver but when we you know kind of get playful with in our own kitchens mm-hmm. we use all kinds I'm I love mezcal it's not for everyone it's very spicy and smoky but it's no. amazing Mm-mm. we also smoke things so I actually my birthday was two days ago and Happy I got birthday, thank month. you mm-hmm. thank you um it was a big birthday and I got gifted this amazing um smoke box that's the name of it sure and uh, we had some fun last night making some smoked old fashions really it's incredible i mean you open it and the smoke comes pouring out and it changes the complete flavor of course it does now i was thinking you were going to smoke like a pork loin or something no wait, but you were <laughs> i mean it is texas so <laughs> i thought you were doing some baby back ribs uh, no, or something but no, no it's uh, so what that too. Uh, no right so what was in this <laughs> yeah so um it was just a simple old fashioned but my husband uh put a little tr- like a little dish of, of the um, luxardo cherries in the smoker with it and he had some syrup and he kind of poured that on top, the smoked syrup and the cherries. And um, obviously when you smoke a drink, you know, you can kind of get, you get the aromatics and then you also get the taste and the flavor. It was incredible. He brought it to me in my office. I was working late and uh, he opened it up in my entire office. Just It smelled glorious. Really? So, okay. So your husband is drinking the Kool-Aid too, right? Oh, yes. it sounds like- He's been <laughs> our literally. biggest supporter and fan and we've taught him a little bit about mixology. So Oh, good. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is mixology doesn't have to be an art. It doesn't have to be something you go to school for. Like you can start small in your house and make some really good cocktails. And so um, when our syrups, we're, we're working on labeling right now. But okay. there's one thing that I'm really excited about, and that's we're adding a QR code to our labels that says scan here for 10 different recipes you can make at home with this this bottle right here in your hands and you take that bottle home. And my goal is that you don't have to have any other ingredients, nothing obscure, maybe a lemon, maybe a lime in your cabinet. Who doesn't have something like that? Right. That plus your alcohol plus this can turn you into a mixologist. Wow. And so um, we're creating those, those recipes right now and working on labeling that really shows customers the value of what they're holding in their hands and gives them the empowerment to try something new at home with some of this newfound free time that we all have. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... I'm looking, and again, if you're on YouTube, take a peek at these beautiful bottles, and we are going to have some fun things on our Instagram after this, but um, the bottles, I at one point tried to bottle um, a salsa recipe that Mm. I had developed that I still have, but I never did because... Because the packaging was so expensive. It is. It's incredibly expensive. And I didn't want it in just a regular, you know, your bottles are beautiful. So <laughs> are these bottles that these are the beauty bottles or have you select, have y'all gone that through that process yet? We're going through it now. We're going to start small at farmer's markets. We will not be That's profitable right. selling that no, bottle. I'll tell you right there. I will, bottle. I will lose probably 50% of it. Sure. But um, want to start small and, you know, because we don't have the overhead, we can afford to make some, some choices that aren't necessarily profitable and then figure out how to get profitable. I would love to keep that bottle. That's the bottle that would speak to me as I walk down an aisle of, you know, a large health food place. Um, and so that's my vision. I'm going to try to figure out how to make it work. I think we, you know, need to dive in a little bit more like where we source things from and, Mm -hmm. you know, bulk quantities once we establish the market as well. And you, we talked again before the show, sourcing ingredients, you try to stay local as much as possible, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And is that, um, are you having a hard time with that? Or, I mean, California, you're from California, so fresh, 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 but... We have fresh here in Texas, right? So tell me how that works. You yeah. just meet different people or? No, I've, I've tried to go to the, my, well, starting small, I go to my grocery store and I look for the things that are marked local and I try to buy those first. Um, and then we grow things. So obviously that's local, that's also true. organic. Mm-hmm. Um, as we get bigger though, we're going to need to start working with some local uh, vendors. And one of the reasons why we want to start doing farmer's market rounds, if nothing more, is to start sourcing more ingredients. You know, I can get some things at my local farmer's market, but I want more of a network to make it easy and consistent. Obviously things are seasonal, right? I'm not going to go and grab a blood orange today. Those, those have come and gone, but um, we want to make sure that we can get stuff that's in season locally as possible to give back to our communities. Um, as a small business, I think we realize the importance of networking and sharing and working locally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That is um, so important these days for sure. So the bottles and then the labels, that's next. Yeah. We've got a couple designs. But I bet you that excites y'all, right? Yeah. 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 Are you working on that, Chris? (laughs) 
part of the process. I'm not the designer. I'm not the designer. But uh, I, do, I do appreciate our love labels. Uh, it's kind of one of those tricks when you go to the store. It's like the fancy label catches oh. your eye. Uh, so it's something I'm all about. Right. Totally the appreciate fancy. for what, what it means for the branding. The fancy label and, of course, the bottle. So going back to the ingredients, I meant to tell you earlier, we'd talk about this. Um, I had a local chef here recently, and we were talking about salad dressings. Okay. Just And she makes her own salad dressing. I make my salad dressing. It has about five or six ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I try to educate people, even my career as a chef, educate people. If you turn the bottle over and there's 32 ingredients, most that you can't pronounce, mm-hmm. that's an issue, yes. right? I mean, that 100%. is an issue. And in it, and in it, that is it. Mm-hmm. My degree, my undergraduate degree is food science and nutrition. Oh, okay. oh is right. And back in when, it, how old am I, Paul? Anyway, I, I don't know. <laughs> Good answer. I, I have to ask him every day. So, Back in the 80s, food science was not exactly what it is now. Sure. You know, just things are so different. And then went on to culinary school and it was all about fresh and mm-hmm. fresh ingredients. And, you know, food science being at the time, how long can we make it shelf stable? Right. right. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's Twinkies in my mom's pantry that are still there from when I was in hmm. second grade. You know what I mean? So yeah. just a different, different things are so different now. Can you, I mean, yeah. obviously. So the the bottling and the sourcing you also really try to take care of our earth, our mother earth. Yes. So tell me what's going on with that. I love the straws. And I saw on one of your posts, one of the straws, it's not a plastic straw. Yes. Okay. So tell me about that. Cause I can't stand the ones that yes. disintegrate my mm, mouth. The paper ones. Yeah yeah. 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 It's a flavor profile that goes along with the drinks. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's so many up and coming straw companies that are doing things like wheat straws. Uh, we've been working with Holy Straws. Shout out to Holy Straws. Um, yes. They sent us some products and said, try it out. And we tested it out at two or three different parties and got some really good feedback. Um, there's another straw company called Plasticless. Um, they do a, a great job as well. I think we've, got, we've had agave f- uh, fiber ones as well. Yes. So, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So it's, it's fascinating. Kind of like utilizing every part of the plant. But... Does it make a difference? Can you taste it? Can the average human, or can any human taste? Okay, it's like tasting to me out of a fine wine glass. Now I have Waterford, but it's thick and the wine tastes different out of my Waterford stem versus my Riedel. Is there a difference with the straw? Because y'all need straws, right? Yeah. Like I, w- I would definitely never use like a paper straw with it. You're always going to have that cardboardy mm-hmm. taste. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I can't say I've seen the impact. For me personally, it's more of a, a texture thing. So mm-hmm. we've tried some of the natural straws. My go-to is the agave one. It just mm-hmm. has a good mouthfeel when you're... I've got to taste it. I've got to try that. The agave straw. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you all about that. But it's right. definitely different than like a nice, smooth piece of plastic for sure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. Okay. And when I, if you're coming to my home and doing an event mm-hmm. um, and you have your trailer, yep. what kind of glassware, plasticware mm-hmm. are y'all using? I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is probably um, one of the most surprising things, you know, when we were talking with our potential clients, we tell them, hey, we don't use plastic. They're like, what do you mean? I'm going to be having a hundred different people at this party and we're going to be having four different types of cocktails. And I tell them, when you go to a restaurant and you get a nice cocktail, how would you feel if I poured every cocktail in the same glass and it was plastic. Like, yeah, 1,000%. You would never order that, right? I said, I want to make sure your guests have the same experience and the same taste. And it has that, you know, the presentation that you would get at a, you know, a nice mixology place. And they said, well, how are you going to bring all that glassware? And that was a question that we had to answer. I remember when we talked about it logistically, how do we do this? And it's not easy. And doing things right isn't always easy. We've gotten better at it. I break less glasses than I used to. As you should. Uh, (laughs) Touch and go for a little bit there. Um, But we use all real glass. We get the right glass that goes with that drink. I have glasses. I've got racks in my garage and I'm actually buying more. Um, And I got a shed for my birthday. So congratulations. Thank you. Now I have a cocktail shed, (laughs) uh, a she shed, if you will. Um, (laughs) I have a shoe shed. You have cocktails. There we go. Um, And so you know, we have glasses now we've got glasses for everything and can do large parties. And that was a huge cost up front, but no less than if we had, you know, purchased a restaurant. And so we kind of went about it the same way as, you know, a fine dining. Um, we pack it up, we have, you know, things that we carry it in. We hand wash every single glass and disinfect them afterwards. Um, with COVID, we were not allowing people to use the same glasses. Like if you said, Hey, I'd like a refill, we'd give you a brand new glass just to make sure that, wow. that it was safe. Um, so yeah, that's been something that we feel is our value proposition 
question. If you're spending money to have a mixologist on site, like why would we put it in plastic? Yeah, it, like, yeah go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, I guess the other part too is, um, sorry, what was I going to say? Right. It happens. You <laughs> see she had, me she had a good point. <laughs> yeah. You see me writing everything down? Yeah. I, I am 55. That. That's it. That's the number. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the other piece too with the customers, like, you're having a party and stuff. It's just less for them to have to dispose of as well, like on their right. own property or whatever yeah. event we're hosting. And did you in the beginning do rentals? We didn't. No. Because you're a smart business person, right? I mean, we did buy some of our glasses wholesale and we were able to take uh, advantage of a couple auction websites where, you know, restaurants for whatever reason went under and they had lots of like 500 of these glasses. And I remember my husband saying, we don't need 500 margarita glasses. I said, yet. You never know. Yet. You never know. And yeah. you need the same one. Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay. So with your different glasses, and I do know this, if someone serves a glass of champagne to me in a red wine glass, I just look at all our faces. Go yeah. <laughs> there are different, there's different cocktail glasses for different cocktails, yes. right? Yes. So how many different cocktail glasses do you have? Oh, we have coupes, we have highballs, we have martini glasses. Um, what do we have? Margarita glasses. Margarita glasses. What does that look like? What is your margarita? Great. Oh, exactly okay. what you would Just get. Just like I think of yes. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Old fashioned. Oh yeah. We've, on the rocks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've got some really beautiful rocks glasses. Um, I've got hot toddy glasses so you can, you know, have a nice, uh, hot drink when we get into the fall season, we've got some, some nice designs like texture on them. Yeah. Um, just for different presentations, different color to the glasses. I yeah. am so impressed. I can't see straight. I mean, yeah. I am so impressed with I you. Like the plus side too is like upfront. Yes, it's a cost, but ultimately if we were using plastic and throwaways, like we'd still have to bake it into the price later on anyway. And then it'd be so, sitting in a landfill, which like yeah. I wouldn't be able to sleep as well at exactly. night. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then know, there's that. Right. Yeah. Like we, you know, we try to do our part. Obviously we could always do more, but it was something that we could do. And we could commit to doing that. Right. Same with straws, same with, uh, started composting to help my herbs grow and just little things. I think a lot of businesses should be headed that way if they're not already. I am going to go through a few things that you do offer that I've never heard in my life. Oh. And I'm so impressed and I should know this, but those of you having a party are those of you, um, brides for sure. Hello, customized or monogrammed ice cubes. Yes. How is that a thing? What? Yeah. So we haven't, nobody's taken up on us on that yet, but Choose okay. me. you have to, you have to purchase uh, the device. Um, and so there's like a, a couple of week lead time, but, um, we are ready to source one. And then, you know, you just hand do every ice, every ice cube. Um, you have to obviously make the ice in big trays. We have an ice maker in our, um, our mobile bar, but it doesn't make the right ice. So we, we have trays for it and it's a little laborious and a little messy. Um, but how cool I would want that if, that was offered at my wedding. Well, and I'm thinking about my TCU parties that I'm going to have y'all do in the fall. There we go. Absolutely. I mean, seriously, TCU, could you do a TCU? Love? Yes. Well, gosh, then we get into the Well, there's yeah. some infringement issues, but uh, yeah. we could do something similar. And I mean, I even want to put uh, like little pieces of lavender and freeze it nice or little lemon wedges. Mm -hmm. Um we haven't got there yet. I think those are things that maybe guests shy away from. And so we are all about meeting our guests where they're at, but then educating them and seeing if we can elevate, uh, you know, one particular aspect. And so we always joke when we wanted to open a cocktail bar, we were going to have these very obscure cocktails and a, a big menu. You don't necessarily do that for events. People want a margarita. Uh, they might want a rum and Coke. They want very simple things because their guests may not have a mixology understanding or appreciation. True. So we try to kind of blend the two and educate, but also make sure we're being true to our guests' vision. And so Ice Cubes haven't met a vision yet, but I would love to do them. I'm dying over the ice cubes. I want the ice cubes. <laughs> My so-called fabulous. Let's hey, do it. I know. I love that. That is, I mean, that is, who, who's getting married out there? I mean, come on, get some ice. You are. Can we get some ice Not cubes? Not anytime for soon. <laughs> oh, my God. He just got engaged. So. Yeah, Congratulations. Like, like yeah. a month and a half ago. We've got a while. And he bought a home. Well, we can work comes. on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. By the time I get married, oh my gosh. the ice will be perfected. Excellent. <laughs> They'll have it down. Just let us right. know. Well, I love this. And so you have your syrups and, and you're working on that. So the blackberry, you're, you're working on some others. But mm -hmm. I also love that you have your trailer. I mean, I really have a party in mind. I really do. Okay. Um, but 
you have the trailer and then you have you set up outdoor furniture and you it's this this woman with this wonderful common area so do you provide the furniture we yeah. do if our guests want it some of them don't they say hey you know we have our all of the things that we need but um actually uh, just two days ago um i got a call from someone who's planning a surprise party and she said i don't have anything in mind for you know decor or furniture but i with covid i want to separate people and i want to have a couple different spaces so there's movement it's like yes I, I got you. Like I'm going to do a, a beautiful um, lawnscape with some of our furniture in the front and then also in the back. We're going to set up two cocktail stations um, and we're going to leave our trailer at home. So um, we don't just use our trailer. I mean, we love to, we love our trailer, but we also, you know, can um, do, you know, in home or sure. in the backyard and set up satellite stations so that lines aren't queuing. And there's a couple different options for guests to, to go and grab a cocktail. Right. And I know um, my followers will ask how much. So they call you, give you the parameters yep. and, and you you give them that money. Okay. You get that amount. Yep. So you also can provide charcuterie boards. Is that you doing that, sourcing that, or you have someone that you, that would be. He's really good with. Uh, charcuterie boards and meats and cheeses. Like until I met him, I had never got on the charcuterie, you know, train. <laughs> now I'm all, all aboard. Are you on train? Yeah, yeah, you're on it right now. Huge fan of cured meats, <laughs> cheeses, right? Fermented uh, foods. So delicious. what do you put on your board? I had a chef on here a couple of weeks ago. Geez, super sada, prosciutto, uh, any kind of cheese. I stay away from goat cheeses, but if you want it, we'll provide it. Do you it. really? Yeah, not, not a goat oh, cheese fan. Not sold on it. it. Uh, but just different types of food, uh, fruits, whatever's in season or whatever pairs well, what drinks are going out. Um, huge olive fan. So definitely mm -hmm. have to have the, the collection of olives all over there. Uh, jams, dried fruits. Honey. Nuts. Yeah, honeys. Yes, jams. The things that uh, pepper, pepper do, pepper. Oh, oh, I'm pepper do. So I don't know. I, 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 I struggle finding them down south, but up north, like it's a huge thing with my. Italian side of the family is pepper shooters. Mm -hmm. So um, I struggle to find them down here, but willing to make them if I could source wow. the ingredients. So. Oh my goodness. But excellent piece. You, uh, you also love pickles. I'm yeah. <laughs> yes. Different yes. types of pickles. Yes. His, his fridge, if you ever open it, it's just <laughs> the most <laughs> eclectic, interesting. Right. He's like, what is this? What is this? It's like and all kind always... of stuffed olives and everything <laughs> yeah, in there. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> always. I mean, it goes on a board or it goes on a Bloody Mary. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, okay. What do you put in your Bloody Mary? Uh, so I'll start with that, uh, truffle vodka I was telling you about. Gotta get that. Yes. Delicious flavor. Uh, definitely try it before you put it in the drink just to kind of know like what the flavor profile is, how much you want. Um, but I'll kind of start from scratch, get some, uh, tomato sauce, um, dilute it out a little bit to make it the right consistency for the drink. Uh, a lot of your hot sauces, depending on how hot you want to go, jalapeno or habanero, mm -hmm. um, garlic oil, garlic, minced gar uh, garlic, uh, your pickles, olives, grilled shrimp, however you want it done. Bacon. Ba you got to have bacon. Oh, then there's the <laughs> celery, right? Celery, yeah. Shrimp, grilled shrimp. I've seen it all. I've seen these beautiful <laughs> yeah. displays. It looks like a charcuterie yeah. board for sure. Okay, back to the charcuterie board. All right, so we've had this conversation. I came from that that era of everything was neatly placed and, you know, just over to the, you know, everything, every piece of cheese and fruit was neatly placed and had their own space. And I would never cut the, the cheese because no one would eat it because everyone was afraid because mm -hmm. it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then um, a friend of mine just came on. She's like, it's just rustic and there's just things thrown in there, mm -hmm. pickles and cucumbers and everything. What's your go-to? Is it messy or is it elegant and, or is it a little bit of everything? Organized mess. Organized mess. You gotta have like, this, you know, the meats all over the platter, the cheese is just so like your eyes wandering. It looks... <laughs> asymmetrical mm -hmm. and you kind of just want to pick from here, pick from there. Mm -hmm. Are you bored? Are you, uh, are you a board guy? Are you a uh, marble? Which would you like? Preferred? I like the wooden board. Wooden board. Or I mean, put it on the party too. Like, I mean, just put out the wax paper and do the whole spread. Like, if you can't mm -hmm. buy a board that's 12 feet long, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Depends Absolutely. on the environment. And the I know. Event. That's so great. Yeah. Okay. And marketing. How are y'all marketing? Yeah. So um, currently we've cut back our marketing budget. Obviously, you know, we're not uh, as busy as we were, um, but we've done a lot of Instagram, Facebook. Um, my cousin is very up on all of the social media. So she helped us get our start and helped us plan our posts. We did some fun giveaways. That was uh, like the most fun that we've had were our giveaways. We actually gave away two parties. You did? Two full parties. Um, we've done one. It was for a one-year-old's birthday party and it was beautiful and lavish and extra and just 
all of the things that you would dream of in a one-year-old's party. Um, and then our second winner hasn't uh, used her party yet, but that was kind of our introduction is we wanted to give something away. And that's, that's a big giveaway item. And that's a huge giveaway. It's like 40 hours of work yep. for us, but um, we wanted to come out in a big way and mm -hmm. uh, get feedback. I'm all about, let's get some feedback before we actually start, you know, charging customers for things. Um, so that was, we've done some giveaways, we've done social media, Recently, I started working with uh, somebody who, you know, reached out and said, hey, I'd be happy to help you. It was a friend of a friend and he's been excellent. He's given us sort of where to go in the next 30, 60, 90 days and wow. um, some people to partner with that work for uh, some big name companies. Um, and so they've been able to give us some really good advice. And I'm looking forward to being able to show them what we've done with it. Um, and, you know, we're constantly looking for people who are doing things similar to us or maybe have already done things like that. I'm all about benchmarking. I don't necessarily want to copy my competitors. I've never wanted to look at my competitors. I want to look at my customers. Um, but definitely looking at people who we um, admire and asking, how did you do it? And I've got some people in the Dallas area that I admire um, and I'm constantly looking at what they're doing. And I kind of look, they like, they don't know me, but I look at them as sort of like an, a mentor, you know, a sure. social mentor. Right. And social media is so powerful. Is. So powerful. Um, it's, it's myself going into this business a year and a half ago, um, starting Instagram and being an influencer at my age, I know nothing about, I mean, I'm great at Facebook, but I mean, seriously, Instagram, I mean, and, and it was my husband uh, sold his company recently, successful company. And he always gave me the advice, hire people smarter than yourself, mm -hmm. stay in your lane. Yep. And it's true. It's really true mm -hmm. because I can't, I'm not a bookkeeper. I, I can't mm -hmm. do my taxes, but um, it's true. Stay in your lane. And so a great team. And I looked at your Instagram. It's very clear. It's very, your brand. It looks like your brand. It looks like your, like your trailer is just emphasizing just people having fun. And so I'm so impressed with that, but you're seeing how much work it is, right? Absolutely. Right. With two full-time jobs and I've got a husband, he's got a fiance and houses that we recently, you know, bought and are maintaining. It's, it's a lot of work, but, um, it doesn't feel like work, at least not for me. It's sort of my creative outlet and a part of me that I've always had inside, but you don't really utilize it maybe in a nine to five work setting. Exactly. So I kind of feel more myself than ever with this creative outlet. So your husband is very involved. It he sounds is. like, is your fiance involved as well? So she's definitely the brains a lot of times behind a security uh, board. She is? Yeah. Okay. So if she's one, in it. If there's one awesome thing I've seen her put out, it's one of those. Oh, yeah. really? Yes. So when you've, have you done a, a board at a party yet? We haven't. No, unfortunately. We have one client that might be adding boards on. She's not quite, uh, nailed that piece down yet. Um, but we actually looked into making a custom board for her because she's like, I want it to be like six feet long. And so, you know, I'm called my cousin, uh, her name's Brittany. She does like all of this stuff for us behind the scenes. And she's like, Oh yeah, we, me and my dad can make that board for you. Oh my gosh. We'll stain it. We'll get it all, you know, ready to go. Like, okay. So oh, gosh, fingers good. crossed that we get to do that. That's six foot board, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that is awesome. You know what? I'm going to have a party. I am having a party. Let's do it. I know. I don't know how COVID and finger uh, food goes go together, away. though. Maybe little security boards, right. individual size. Right, just pass it around. Well, I'm new gloves or something. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So go, talk about, let's talk, let's go ahead and get the elephant out of the room. COVID, um, I started this podcast second week of January. I, oh. I told you guys before, yeah. was not going to let a week go by. We wanted consistency. I'm promoting small businesses. And it was scary, scary, because sometimes it just had to be in here, me by myself and Paul in here recording. And it's, you, you do say, you know, in any business, who wants to listen to me, you mm -hmm. know, and now I'm bringing in these exciting people like yourself, but starting then, and then here we go on spring break in the second week of March, it just hits us and it hits us and it paralyzes us. Yeah. So how, when, and how, when did you start your business <laughs> and how has this obviously, I mean, you can go ahead and say how it's affected you. We launched the first week of January. Oh yep. gosh. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when we, you know, we paid for our insurance premiums and registered, paid our final, everything. registered <laughs> and paid all the payments. So that was like a, yep. you know, a big, uh, Delta in our bank accounts. And so we're like, okay, you know, we, we got interest right away. We were booking yeah, parties. We events right then. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right then. Right then. Um, <laughs> Great. and everything was going really well. We were booking events. I mean, I was writing contacts at contracts at midnight. It seemed like almost every night I was doing something like that. And we had all this energy and it felt real. And it was like, Oh, thank goodness. And then January, January. And then, um, most of our parties were for March, April, May, 
June wedding season. And one by one, they just canceled. And, you know, we had originally said that the deposit was not going to be refundable. That's in our contract. But we decided, you know what, we're just giving everybody sure. everything back. Like this is who could imagine, right. you know? So we did. And it was hard. There was a couple weeks there where we thought, Ugh. like, what do we do? Um, and what helped was talking about our business. If you talk about something and you're sharing and you're bringing in your support system and your friends and family, and they're saying the name urban alchemy kind of helps legitimize it in a time where you don't feel so legitimate. You're a new business and you have nothing, no track record. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then we kind of did some pivoting. Um, we looked at, okay, how do we do smaller events? So we're working on custom in-home events. I don't want to give too much away, but maybe like a sushi making and cocktail making mm -hmm. class, right. um, maybe a paint night that's in your home. There we go. Uh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, so we're looking at how do we get with other businesses that are maybe experiencing some of the same loss we are and packaging smaller, more intimate um, events that we can do and pivot off of those big events. Um, we're not going to probably be doing 200 person weddings anytime soon. And that's what we were booking before. And so how do we pivot and do smaller things and how do we bring in more of our community around us? So that's some of the things that we're looking in the event space. And then syrups, how do we? Sure give people mixology in their own home. If right. they can't go to parties, they can't go to bars. Right. Um, right. I don't think people's, uh, you know, love for, for cocktails go away just because they can't go get them. Right. So how do no. we get it to them? They've been enhanced. I, mean, I, yeah. can, I can almost assure that. So have you done a wedding yet? In COVID wedding yet? I've done one wedding. Yes. Okay. Um, and then we've got a couple coming up, but mostly our events have been graduation parties, birthday parties, uh, business launch. Um, the one wedding we did went really well and, uh, we got some good feedback there. So a couple lessons learned as well. If you're doing an event, a wedding or a party, how many cocktails do you choose? Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> our brides are like, I want a whole menu and I really steer them away from that. I mean, we can do that, but your guests are going to walk up and stare at the menu and then the lines start to queue. Oh gosh. Um, and so what I recommend is two to three signature cocktails that you love and, you know, if you can get them kind of a broad range of your spirits, if you can get a, you know, a vodka one, a tequila one, a rum one, great. But if you love vodka and you want all three to be vodka, it's your special day. Um, and then we do make off menu things. We've had some yeah. parties recently where someone's like, can you make this? And we're like, well, we have all the ingredients. Yes, we'll make it. But having two or three allows us to have good control of our ingredients and guests don't wait very long, get a good flow going. Um, but, you know, we can do whatever our, our guests want. Right. Yeah. Wow. So. And staffing, do you have a 25 to one is our ratio, okay. which is low. That's really low for, for event-based, um, catering. We keep it low cause I don't want lines to queue. I also don't want to be in a rush. I want to make the perfect drink every time. And so I don't want you to wait, but I also don't want to have to hurry. And then we're using real glassware. So there's some challenges. Like you have to go and retrieve your glassware. There's more cleanup and things like that. Right. Right. And do each of you typically work an event? Mm -hmm. yeah. You do. 100% of them. 100% of the events. So you're both there. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. That's so great. Yeah. So, um, so you see yourself moving forward, maybe doing product lines and just, just, did you ever see yourself, I mean, moving up into this, all of this, because you love Amazon. That is your, that's your bread and butter, yes. of course. But do you, do, could you ever imagine where you are? I was dreamed about it. I, I honestly thought it, I was going to continue to pursue like the brewery brew pub, um, jumping into the cocktail and like what's involved in this, like in the moment versus proactively planning when you're in like a brewery or brew pub, what you're designing in terms of a drink. Um, I, I don't think I ever thought of dream this up, right. but, uh, I'm, I'm liking where it's going. Like, yeah, absolutely. Do you serve beer and wine? Because there is that person at the party. We that says, will, yeah. We yeah. That's it. Oh, you have a Moscow meal, but let me have a Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. You do offer that. If, yeah. If yeah, we the, could serve it to them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If our, if our clients want beer and wine, we serve it. We have the glassware. Um, or the know. champagne wall. Yes. The oh. champagne wall. Yes. That was, Oh, did I, <laughs> we, almost lost, we no. almost lost our thumbs building that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's so cool. Look on their Instagram. Uh, um, it's the champagne wall. Explain, explain that. Yeah. Uh, we handmade it and it has these grooves that you hang champagne on. And those grooves, me and my husband sat in our garage floor and we're sanding each groove. Oh my goodness. I mean, we were up till two in the morning getting these grooves sanded because we had a party where they wanted it. We're like, sure you want it. We'll build it. And it just took a lot longer. We hand stained it. And there's all these little 
yeah. And you have the the foliage, right? The yes. faux yep. foliage on yes. there behind it. So it's so cool. Yeah, it has and like, it's so Instagrammable uh, photo yes. op. Definitely. Which is what people want nowadays. They do. They yeah. do. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I want a picture with your trailer. Where is it now? It's in my it's driveway. It's in the trunk. It's out in the parking no. lot. <laughs> I wish. No. We're no. serving drinks right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're serving drinks here. Right. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And the trailer's become really a photo opportunity. We have people who position their bridal party in one case or um, their friends and family in front of it. And I'm like, wow, this is kind of becoming more of a backdrop thing, too. So... A couple other things you have that you offer. Mimosa bar, of course. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Probably to go with the the um, Bloody Mary bar, I'm sure. Uh, clear, bubble, clear bubble umbrellas. I would love to take case. a quick second to explain how that Please. came about. I, so I, I lived in Seattle in 2017, and I had a is. September wedding outdoors at kind of the foot of a mountain. And Chris was my employee at the time. We had just started working together. He lived in Dallas. Forecast was clear for my wedding. Two days before, like 80% chance of rain, and it's an outdoor ceremony, and I'm in tears. I try to buy umbrellas. I need to buy 80 clear umbrellas. Nobody could get them to me in time. I found a warehouse here in Fort Worth that had 80 clear umbrellas. He was flying in for my wedding. Mm -mm. We don't know each other that well at this point, and I call him, and I say, Chris, can you drive down and get 80 umbrellas? <laughs> get them on the plane with you. Fly them to my wedding. You'll be here just in time. And I need you to help me open up 80 umbrellas. They're all individually packaged and get them ready. If not, my wedding is like, I don't have a plan B. It's your fault. So he, <laughs> he, you know, was such an incredible friend. And that's the point in which I knew I could start a business with someone. As you, you can count on someone like that. And he flew 80 umbrellas to my wedding. So we have them. They've been used one time. Um, so if there's ever a chance of rain in Dallas or in Fort Worth for um, an event, we can bring them. I love yep. that story. Mm -hmm. That is the best you story. You looked at a little weird at the... <laughs> Check your bag no, exactly. at the airport. <laughs> because did you have them? You like, took what are you preparing up? for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of frightening, yeah. right? I saw that. I went, God, like, that's pretty cool. But so eighty, so it rained, and you had the clear. It poured. It poured. Oh, I'm so sorry. And a truck flipped over on the highway, so nobody could get to my wedding venue. But. I'm happily married three years later, and it's a great story. It worked out great, and you have these fabulous umbrellas. I do. That is impressive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's, and what a friend, right? Yes. Okay. So what we're going to do after this show, and we're going to have footage of this, we're going to make, what are we making? We're making a cocktail. We're making a cocktail. A blackberry smash. And can we say what's it? Yeah, absolutely. It? Okay. it is the first drink that we ever made together for a party. She wanted pink and purple and lots of vibrant flavors. And we also needed to make a mocktail version. So she said, I want a cocktail and then a, a spinoff of a mocktail. And so it had to be kind of a strong fruit forward flavor that we could, you know, you make a mocktail out of. Um, so you've got some vodka, uh, an ounce and a half of vodka. You've got half an ounce of lemon juice. We use fresh squeezed uh, organic lemons. Chris and I spent hours squeezing lemons until every cut we ever had was burning. Oh. And we, yeah. <laughs> We're going to invest in some machinery. Yes, we are. Yes. Um, yes. And so you've got some lemon juice um, and then you have our blackberry syrup. We use uh, just under three ounces. Three ounces is fine. Um, just a smidge under. And it's our organic blackberries, uh, honey. You've got a little bit of organic uh, vanilla bean paste, um, a little bit of lemon within the, the syrup itself. And so you mix this all in a shaker or if you don't have one at home, easy. Just pour it all in a glass with ice and stir it real good um, or shake it if you have a shaker and then you strain it. And, and if you don't have a strainer, you can just pour it in and you're just going to have a little tiny bit of blackberry seeds. We, we triple strain our, our syrup. Um, so you've shaken it or you've stirred it pour it over fresh ice and then top it with about an ounce and a half of club soda or LaCroix or whatever you have in your house. Wow. Um, and it is, it's fun. It's easy to drink. It's citrusy and a little bit sweet and it's just an easy drink. Mm -hmm. uh, you can drink it in your home or by a pool or wherever you want. We are going to have this on our Instagram. We're going to have a, a video of making this cocktail. We're not going to do it on this um, podcast, but we're going to do it after so you can see it on all of our Instagram and all of our platforms. We're going to make that Blackberry Smash. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question. Sure. The beautiful little, and I have a statement too, the beautiful little orange or coral bottle. What is that? That one is, oh, that's our backyard lemonade. That was brought for you today. We did that recently for a graduation party and got... Such good feedback. In fact, uh, the party was local, and I had a couple people come to my house afterwards and say this was the best uh, alcoholic strawberry lemonade I've ever had. Um, so that's what that is. Wow. And then you have a limoncello martini, 
and that's the greenish yellow one. You're gonna have to shake it and separate a little. It's the natural okay. lemon. And then that one is, I think that's a blackberry margarita. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And those are we'll for try. me. Those are for you. Okay. Just now, for you. And you're going to tell me how to do that for sure. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Easy. Shake oh. them. Pour it over ice. Okay. Martini, shake it. After all these fabulous things, can I share with you? And if if you if you have followed me or, or or not, but now you'll kind of you'll go. I have a signature cocktail. I did not know that. I do. Tell us. Tell us what is it? It's called the puppy. It's puppy. very, it's the, it's very complex now. Okay. Okay. Is, <laughs> Let's hear it. The okay, recipe's on my website. I'm Have kidding. It's two, it's two. It's basically a greyhound okay. served up. So I use two ounces of vodka mm-hmm. and two ounces of fresh grapefruit, not in the can. People, the can is not fresh. Do you squeeze it? I do. Good I squeeze you. it. I have a juicer. So I squeeze it. It's, it's, it's one part to one part. Shake until the ice crystals at the top. And then I put, a, I just put a lime twist or an orange twist or whatever in it. And I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed telling you all this. But it's called the puppy. And there are several restaurants that know when I walk in, I want them to put it on the menu, but, um, they hand me my puppy that's and that's, awesome. that's all it is. Now it is a greyhound. So I call it a puppy because it's kind of an offshoot, but there's not a salt, but my friend puts salt on her puppy. So, okay. so that's mine. They're going, and y'all are looking at me like, really girl? No, I think we need to get this on our menu. It is so fabulous. It is. It's refreshing. It's great. Now I was recently at a restaurant and he wanted to do something a little different. He put, um, oh, I can't remember what he put in it, but mm-mm. No. Okay. It's just And there's no simple syrup. There's no. Okay. The problem is there's a huge problem. They go down so quickly. Mm. I mean, seriously, Mm. so quickly. Is that a problem though? Well, yeah, it's not a problem because it's a health food drink, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So that's the puppy. So there you go. So see, I have shared that with you, but everyone knows I love a puppy. I like it. Yeah. It's awesome when other people have their own drink. That's That's right. I know. And you know what? It is all about the grapefruit juice and it's all about the vodka and shaking it over that great ice. My husband cook, we have Sonic Ice Maker. It melts too quickly. Mm-hmm. So the water, you know, look at you, you're going, I know all yeah. this. It does. So it's yep. use the top hat ice. Yep. So That's what kind of ice do y'all use? We use, they're big cubes. I can't remember what the name of them are. I think they're, they're one inch cubes. Are they square? Mind, like yeah, they're square. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're one by one. Um, and we bought a special ice maker. It's it's slow going though. It doesn't replenish as quick as we need. So right. we've had a couple situations where it's like 104 degrees Ugh. and which is ice is not, you know, sure. not making us fast. So we're looking into maybe getting a second one. And you have to bring in ice, I'm sure, right? And coolers are. Whatever. Well, so our ice machine should replenish itself. Yeah. So we give it, get it oh, yeah. all built the night before and then it should replenish. But we've had to bring in ice a couple times now to keep up. So, well, I'm so impressed with you too. I just can't tell you. And I've met, met some new friends today. Yay. So excited for you and, 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 and promoting you as well. So tell us your Instagram again. Yes, it's herb underscore and underscore alchemy underscore. Okay, and you can find them through me. I follow yes. you guys as well. And your website is www.herbandalchemybar.com. Okay, great. Well, we are going to make this cocktail shortly Yay. and we're going to let you know. I can't tell you how much I appreciate how fun this was to talk about something that we own. Well, then they make mocktails, everyone, so for sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you'll see this on YouTube. So go to YouTube, rate and review this as well. And follow me along on Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman and on my blog as well. And everyone, have a great day. Drink a puppy or drink something from Urban Alchemy. And uh, everyone, keep being fabulous. Cheers. Cheers.